Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash you are locked on Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, fans, and welcome back into another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Now, Locked On Sports is the fastest-growing podcast network, so subscribe to this show, give us a five-star rating, write us a nice little review, and don't forget to check out our family of podcasts, Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL podcast for national NFL coverage, as well as Locked On Miami Heat podcast covering your local South Florida teams. Lastly, you can catch me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL, where I tweet analysis, stats, and any Miami Dolphins-centric thoughts that I have going through my mind throughout the course of the day, which typically is a lot because I think about this team quite often. All right, so today's episode is a jam-packed one and one I am very excited for. We're going to talk about some of the recent recent developments of training camp, uh, where guys are lining up on the field and, and who's getting first-team reps. Also, we continue the training camp preview with the wide receivers and tight ends today. We've gone over the backs and the offensive line as well as the quarterbacks. So the receivers and tight ends are up next to finish off the offense. Now, this is a loaded group for the Dolphins, probably the best group the organization has ever had going back to the Dan Marino era, as well as in the recent times. Uh, So a lot to get to there. And the star of the group, Jarvis Landry, he's been on a pretty hot topic throughout the offseason with his contract negotiations, or lack thereof, I suppose, creating quite a bit of buzz. Busy show today, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Today's camp updates. Uh, This is for August the 2nd, Wednesday, August the 2nd. Um, It's pretty much the same thing as it's been in recent days. Uh, Not much changed with the defense. A lot of the same guys getting the looks. Defense has picked it up and is playing a lot better after the offense started out camp pretty hot. You know, the same names keep popping up, having good training camps. Um, You know, the three guys that I really look at that are having those big camps, they're the ones that showed up yet again today. Uh, three guys impressing me. They're all, they're all young guys, which is nice, and because they could have a really big, massive impact on this team if they are to go ahead and produce it the way they have been in camp so far. So those three guys for me right now at this point, you guys all know about them. It's been well documented throughout the course of the season. He was a sophomore receiver last year, expected to have a bigger year than he did. He kind of had some flashes here and there, but Devontae Parker coming on like a bat out of hell throughout training camp so far, as well as in the offseason period, the OTAs and all that stuff. But Devontae Parker has just been kind of a beast. He's going up in high-pointing footballs. He's showing you a little bit of that A.J. Green-like like leaping ability he, that uh, he displayed in his time at Louisville. And it appears that he's finally got his work habits and his uh, his work ethic as well as his training regimen down to becoming a professional. You know, these, these are young kids. He's kind of becoming a grown man this year in his third year in the NFL. So hoping for big things from Devontae Parker, really kind of taking this wide-receiving core from good to great. And if he becomes that A.J. Green type of player, then there's no question that this group is going to be 
regarded up there with the uh, the Giants and the Steelers as, as the best receiving groups in the NFL. Second man is Charles Harris, the rookie defensive end from Missouri. First round draft pick for the Miami Dolphins, number 22 overall. He is getting praise from Andre Branch as well as Cam Wake. Andre Branch specifically mentioned some of his hand use that he has seen with Harris, and that's kind of one of those techniques that's more of a coaching thing rather than raw ability. So it's good to see him adapting to coaching and taking what he learned in college and putting it to use here in the NFL. He's got those heavy hands, but very quick hands too. He knows how to use them. He can bend the edge, been a really good looking player. So hopefully the the, the future of this team off the edge is looking good with uh, with Charles Harris taking over for eventually you know Cam Wake and Andre Branch who get a little bit older. Third guy is another rookie. The next draft pick the Dolphins made in the second round, Raekwon McMillan. Now, I always thought he was best suited to play Mike Linebacker for this team. I thought he was going to be the best option for that position on this team, even after we signed Lawrence Timmons, who has some traits that you like at different areas. You can obviously move him around quite a bit, but I think Lawrence Timmons' best spot would be the strong side linebacker, kind of playing more of a, I don't want to say a role player, but he kind of is in that sense. He's kind of a, you're going to you're gonna have him in there for certain packages where he's going to rush the passer, maybe cover a tight end or, or cover someone down the field. So... Raekwon McMillan's more of a steady thumper. He works downhill. He's got those good instincts. He never takes any false steps. He's always flowing to the football first rather than taking a step in the wrong direction. I think he's the best tackler amongst this group, and you saw that at Ohio State quite often. So Raekwon McMillan making big strides. He's been starting with the first team at middle linebacker pretty much all of camp, so good to see that. And uh, the last bit of news here for training camp today is is the, the JHI concussion situation. You know, the team has been very mum on that and and there's no reason to think that they would be otherwise I mean it's kind of a sensitive topic today in today's NFL and they're not going to give you anything that they don't feel they have to so so Jay Ajayi's head injury is being kept very hushed by the organization in the front front office as well as the staff so that probably will continue that way for for quite a while and don't expect to see Jay Ajayi in a whole lot of uh, preseason action this year I'd imagine they're going to try to preserve him as much as they possibly can for the regular season. All right, so let's get into today's positional previews. Uh, this is the, like I mentioned earlier, the group that that continues to shine at camp and they and they shine in the year at, towards the end of the year last year, and really helped the Dolphins put on that uh, six game winning streak as well as winning nine of the last eleven games, getting into the playoffs. And that, of course, is the wide receivers. Uh, this group continues to dazzle. These pass catchers give Ryan Tannehill a plethora of options, and they even rank number three on ESPN's top offensive weapons piece that was put out. I think it was last week which is quite a bit of a surprise because ESPN has notoriously been, not that they're Dolphins haters, it's just kind of a forgotten organization at this point, and they don't give us a whole lot of publicity. So nice to see the Dolphins being talked about a little bit in that vein rather than something negative from ESPN. So let's get into these starters here, and you all know about them. 14, 10, and 11, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker. Jarvis Landry, a, a fiery competitor, tough guy, makes a lot of tough catches underneath, and then turns them into a big games by breaking tackles. He's one of the tougher tackles in the NFL. Just a, a kind of the brings the juice to the offense, kind of the inspirational leader of that offense, and, and he kind of the fire starter there. So definitely an important player, Jarvis Landry. I already talked about Devontae Parker, his ability to high point the football and make plays down the field. We saw that a little bit. In glimpses last year in that San Diego game and the LA game when he really took over that fourth quarter and basically won the game for the Dolphins, he and Ryan Tannehill. But uh, that San Diego game where he went up and high-pointed the ball on a, th- a third down, broken a broken play on third down where the offensive line actually got it called back because of a hold. He did the same thing in the San Francisco game, going up and getting a football when Ryan Tannehill broke the pocket and extended the play. So Devontae Parker definitely got some big upside there and could be a huge piece of this offense, possibly even the best receiver by the time the year's over. 
Kenny Stills, one of my most underrated players in the league at this point. I, you know, he got that big contract. A lot of people said that it was too much money. I don't really buy into that. I think that he is properly paid. He can stretch the field. He runs a lot of decoy routes. He really puts a lot of effort into every route, makes it look the same every time, sells the def- defense that he's running a particular route, and just he's a good team player. He loves being here, a great guy. Adam Gaze loves him, and that's enough for me. So the next guys coming up here are the uh, potential reserve roles, I suppose, if you will. And the first two guys are the ones that were here last year with the team through most of the season, and that's uh, number 88, Leonte Carew, and number 19, Jakeem Grant. I have been pretty critical of number 19, uh, Jakeem Grant. He was one of my favorite guys coming into camp last year. He had that first preseason game at the New York Giants that was really looked like we had a player on our hands, and then he just kind of fell apart from there and disappeared, never really saw much of him again. The next time you really saw him was he made a couple of nice punt returns, including a touchdown in that Tennessee Titans game. But then after that, he had a lot of issues hanging onto the football, and he even got a couple of snaps on offense, and he had one pass thrown to him, and he dropped it. So some issues there, turnover issues, and the same thing has been reported at camp that he's having a tough time fielding punts. So he may not be long for the roster. Number 88, Leonte Carew, was the guy that was talked about in the offseason as a guy that could be cut at some point. Uh, the Dolphins invested quite a bit in him, uh, you know, trading up a third and a fourth round pick to go get him in the 2016 NFL draft from Rutgers. He was a touchdown dynamo at Rutgers, but he has not produced in the NFL and, and he's not practicing, super, uh, not not impressing anybody in practice at the moment. So uh, he's he's got a, some work to do to get on the roster. The other guy that took over for Leonte Carew at the end of the season uh, when Carew was inactive or deactivated, I should say, was number 87, Rashawn Scott. Uh, but he is currently on the pup list, and he'll have an uphill climb to make the roster as well. The other guys in camp, number 15, the seventh rounder out of Virginia Tech, Isaiah Ford. He's got some skills, but haven't heard a lot from him in camp. The guy that I have heard is the undrafted guy from free agent uh, from Arkansas, uh, Drew Morgan, number 81. He's been kind of the buzz in the OTAs and the rookie minicamps, and he kind of disappeared a little bit during the first portion of training camp, but he had a nice touchdown catch on Tuesday's practice. Check that, Monday's practice. So he has gotten some buzz there as well. Number 82, Francis Awusu, a Stanford guy. He's one of those solid, heavy, uh, heady type of players, but he doesn't have a lot of athleticism. Number 84, Demora Stringfellow. This is a guy that is local to where I'm from, up here in the Seattle area. He was kicked out of UW for a laundry list of violent crimes, including altercation with a female, which is never a good thing, especially in the NFL's eyes. He was a big-time high school recruit and eventually produced big-time at Ole Miss, but uh, he's got he's got some work to do to get on the roster. And then the guy that was recently added, number seven, Jordan Westernkamp, he was added was when Scott went to the PUP, Rashawn Scott, that is. He comes from Nebraska. He went unsigned after uh, working out with the Browns and the Bucks after the draft process, and so he didn't get a contract until very recently. And then the two guys that I don't really know a whole lot about, I'll be completely frank and transparent with you, are number 85, Mitch Matthews. He was an undrafted free agent in 2016. He bounced around with Kansas City, Cleveland, and Minnesota, and now here he is. And then the guy that um, some of you probably know a little more about than I do, number 18, Malcolm Lewis, the University of Miami product, went undrafted as well. So that's your camp uh, receiver roster. Probably not going to be a lot of surprises there. You know the first three guys will be here. I imagine Leontay Cruz is going to make the team regardless of how poor the reports say he has been playing. And then uh, they'll probably find whether it's Drew Morgan, Jakeem Grant, Stringfellow. Someone will, will fill out the rest of that, the other spot there for the Dolphins uh, receiving crew. Up next is the tight ends. Uh, we know we know what happened with Deion Sims going to Chicago, and now Julius Thomas comes over part of that trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We haven't heard a lot about him in camp. It's been a slow start for him, but he has produced an Adam Gaze offense before. 
Adam Gaze loves running those three-by-one sets with the three receivers to one side, the tight end in line off the other side. It creates a lot of uh, mismatch problems for the defense when the linebacker and safety can't really get over there, and it gives them a lot of room to work with. So Julius Thomas has the athleticism and size and rebound ability to be that type of a player that could be a a big boon for the Dolphins' passing offense. He is a a concern with inline blocking. But the next guy on the list, uh, the other tight end, number 80, Anthony Fasano, we all know about him. He is not a concern in blocking. He is going to be a great inline pass blocker as well as run blocker for us and a guy that can catch a few passes down in the red zone as well. The third tight end most likely will be Marquise Gray. He signed a two-year contract at the end of last year. He comes over from uh, Buffalo was where his last stint was. He came from the University of Minnesota where he was a quarterback, an option quarterback, now playing tight end. He can flex into the backfield do some fullback blocking for you and, and hit some big blocks. He had some big blocks on a Jai big runs last year. He's a good third tight end, has some pass catching ability and plays special teams as well. The next guy, Thomas Duarte, number 83, was a draft pick out of UCLA last year. Never saw the field, but uh, he's super raw, has some good athleticism, can bend that seam and, and work up the uh, as a pass catcher as well. So he has some potential, probably a practice squad guy. And the last guy, another one that I haven't heard of, number 86, Chris Pantel. He came from Boston College, spent some time with the Jets, Bears, and Eagles from 2013 up to now. So kind of a variety of players there, guys that can block, guys that can play, run the seam, and guys that can catch the ball and that type of stuff. So a good mix of players. I think this receiving crew is the best one we have ever had in Miami. Tight ends, it's just a kind of an eclectic group. They'll try to find a way to match up on a week-by-week basis. So those are your receivers and tight ends. Tomorrow we'll dive back into the defense with the big uglies on the defensive line. You know, Charles Harris, Cam Wake, and Donald Sue, Jordan Phillips, Andre Branch, all those guys that we have coming back this year for us should be a fun year for that group. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Um, be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a rating and review. You know, that helps us get out to more Dolphins fans, really expands our coverage. And like I said, check out the Locked On NFL podcast for your uh, national NFL coverage as well as local coverage of other teams throughout the Locked On Sports catalog. Lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and check back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.